We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bryant hits a high fly ball left center field and deep. Back is Fowler on the warning track. And that ball is going to be gone for a home run. Chris Bryant homers just to the left of dead center. Fowler misled us he went back as if he had a play on the ball but he had no idea where the ball was it landed far to his left and up in the basket beyond the center field fence and the Cubs now lead three to one on a towering home run to center by Chris Bryant hit and run with Matt Spiegel Sundays 9 a.m. to noon Chris Bryant goes yard yesterday We know the hard hit rate has been going down in recent years. He can still elevate the ball. And when he does elevate the ball, sometimes it'll get out. After that home run, which was a cool moment, he pointed. He crossed the plate and pointed. I was there with my wife. We were watching. And she's like, what was he he pointing? I was like, I don't know. Maybe his wife is here. Um, After the game, he was asked about that. Chris, were you pointing at anyone in particular across home plate? That's um, my son. First time hitting a homer with him in the stands. It's pretty cool. He probably doesn't know what's going on yet, but he got a foul ball today, which is pretty cool. <laughs> right to the mouth. Not to the mouth. He didn't get hit in the mouth, but grabbed it, put it right in the mouth. What they do with everything. <laughs> that is Chris Bryant enjoying himself. Uh, his son got a foul ball to the mouth. No, 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 not hit in the mouth, but he got it and he put it in his mouth, as you do. But that's who he was pointing at, was his son. That's got to be cool. We welcome in on the Alpamani hotline, Alpamani Nissan hotline. You can check them out at apnissan.com or go to Alpamani Nissan Melrose Park. Our colleague Bruce Levine from over there at Wrigley Field. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning. I'm ready for my oral fixation, just like uh, Brian's son. We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, put that phone right to the mouth, uh, Bruce, just like just like Brian's kid did. That was a cool moment yesterday, and he seemed in good spirits. There's been a lot of talk some from him about the fun and the baseball joy. Looks like Brian enjoyed at least that yesterday. Well, facing a left-hander is always a good thing for Chris Bryant. Uh, he, he eats them alive, and uh, it, hopefully that'll get him going, uh, starting to hit against everybody. You know, the, the problem against uh, hitting right-handers was, uh, you know, something that's cropped up for him. It's not like he hasn't done it in the past, but... Uh, over the past uh, year and a half or so, it's it's been a little bit more difficult, and the consistency from uh, you know from his, him hitting the ball against right-handers has to pick up for him to get back to that superstar status. 
Well, here we are back with the season in full swing and those big picture conversations. You and I have had so much about extensions with Rizzo and Baez and Bryant. They can, you know, they can all be shelved a little bit as we watch these guys need all three of them to have bounce back seasons. What are your thoughts on the three of them uh, in terms of how they look and who might be able to bounce back uh, for this year that we're now already in already? Well, we're talking about really, you know, star players that have won championships, a world championship, something that hadn't been done here in 108 years and uh, been all stars and been on championship caliber teams for six years in a row. So they're, they're, to me, it'll be a surprise if uh, they don't get back to where they belong. I, I really, I really think that there was probably 35% of all baseball players, the top ones in the game last year, that hit somewhere between 200 and 230, and and really didn't perform well because it was only two months. So uh, I'm I'm thinking all of them, all three are going to have good years. Uh, Bryant's case is a little different because uh, he was hurt and. Uh, there was some question about you know where he was at the year before, but you know 2019 he had a good year. I mean he hit over 30 home runs. Uh, you know he scored uh, 80 or 90 runs. He was uh, you know his usual self. I think the question Matt uh, on Bryant was is he an RBI guy? Is he a, is he a producer of runs in that way? Uh, a lot of people gave him a mulligan for that because of the fact that uh, he was used as a number two hitter so often and then the leadoff man wasn't getting on base for the Cubs over the last three or four years. So let's see. But, I mean, I saw great signs from Rizzo so far. Baez had a terrific day yesterday. You know, Matt, he stole three bases all of last year. He stole two yesterday in one inning. So you're seeing that, you know, the verve back in his game, the fire that he likes to show uh, when he plays in front of the fans. I think you're you're going to see more and more of that from Baez as well. Bruce Levine joining us from Wrigley. Um, do you think Ian Happ was uh, miffed to not see himself in the lineup yesterday, day two, uh, game number two for the Cubs leadoff guy and center fielder? There's no crying in baseball, Matt. <laughs> I mean, look, they have a pretty good bench this year. I think the bench, they had, with all due respect to those players on the team last year, they did not have a good bench, okay? They had, you know, Jason Kipnis, who uh, I admired tremendously as one of the better players and all-star for the last 10 years. He didn't have hardly anything left. Uh, he played 19 games. His defense was, you know, not good any longer. They have a lot of depth, even though it's a short bench because they're carrying 14 pitchers. And they want to get Duffy, they want to get Marisnik, they want to get Sogard in the lineup on a regular basis. And, and they're going to be able to do that because uh, Ross is of the mind that he doesn't want his guys uh, playing every single get day and, and having nothing left in August and September. So from that perspective, they have good players that can go in there on a regular basis. And you're going to see Sogard, the left-handed bat, at second base against right-handers from time to time. You're, you're going to see Marisnik against left-handed pitching and his better defense uh, of just about anybody out there, uh, with all due respect to Jay Hay. Uh, this guy can fly. He can cover ground like nobody has for the Cubs for a long time. So you're going to see these guys in the lineup. It's not, it's not a slight on, um, on Bodie or on Hap. Look, uh, Bodie's sitting after two days today with Sogard in the lineup 
at second base. So that's how uh, David Ross is going to play it. And, um, and today we get to see Zach Davies. I'm looking forward to seeing Zach Davies. Um, I, I'm looking forward to figuring out what the discrepancies are between he and Kyle Hendricks. We've talked about the similarities so much. I'm not, I'm not sure yet what the discrepancies are and, and how, how Davies will be different. I guess we'll find out a little bit today as we watch. I think so. Um, why, don't we have a, a, why don't we have a gentleman's bet about... Um, who wins more games, Davies or you, Darvish? Which wins. side of that? Would, yeah, which side of that would you like to take? Wins. Um, well, wins are are. Tricky. I'm saying. I'm saying just over around you. You know, we'll, we'll just statistically break them down because wins are out of the hands of uh, pitchers many times, right? Yeah. 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 It's that. That's interesting. I. I think I think Darvish will have a better year than than Zach Davies. You're thinking. You're thinking Davies might have a. a uh, a, a better year on on some of the measurables than uh, than well, you Darvish. I don't know. Statistically, last year he was pretty he was pretty darn close, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And he he was he was even had a better ERA than uh, Kyle Hendricks, who was I think fourth or fifth in the league in ERA. So this I think this is a very underrated pitcher, uh, a guy that uh, should have a good year for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I, I'm 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 a fan as well, Bruce. And he came up on on the Daily Show uh, on the afternoon show, Parkins and Spiegel, and I start I threw out the same kind of like thing you just threw out about Darvish. I threw it out about Dylan Cease just because I was surrounded by White Sox fans giving me crap for being excited about about Zach Davies, and Dylan Cease goes tonight. Um, for the Angels, and we know he's got great swing and miss stuff, but you can be that guy swing and miss stuff and try to harness it and have control, or you could be Zach Davies with terrific control and a great plan that you execute every time. There's more than one way to skin a cat in this game. Well, you know, there's no better example of what you're talking about than watching uh, Jake Arrieta pitch yesterday. The Jake Arrieta of old, the guy with the the dominant stuff, the, the, the robo-cop type uh, pitcher who just, you know, threw 95 and had this devastating fastball, devastating cutter, devastating slider. And, and the guy yesterday who had pinpoint control and had a sinker 61% of the time uh, that they were hitting down into the ground. That's, a, that's what's called pitching. And, uh, you know, the, the Cubs have the ability to have, you know, four or five pitchers, at least four, that can pitch on a daily basis. Now, if you're off, if you're that type of pitcher and you're off on a given day, you're going to get your brains beat in. But from, from the perspective of knowing how to pitch, uh, knowing uh, the four quadrants and how to throw to that, and having a good R&D department behind you helping you out, I, th- I think the Cubs may be underrated in pitching. A lot of people just don't like their pitching at all because there's, there's really no dominant guy in the rotation other than Hendricks in his own way. Yeah, uh, the Cubs pitching infrastructure um, has always been good. Um, haven't done a great job developing kids, but in terms of helping big leaguers who are already there maximize what they have, they've done a pretty good job, and they'll have their hands full um, this year, and they're at it uh, already. Hey, hey Bruce, I, I saw some tweets. Looks like Austin Romine is down there on the field getting some work. Potentially the backup catcher was supposed to be the backup catcher on opening day, but health-wise had not been allowed to do it. Yeah, no, he's been dealing with a, with an injury problem with the knee, and uh, you know David Ross said today in his uh, Zoom that he'll uh, you know he's been getting up and down. There's no rush. Uh, he's not coming back onto the roster anytime soon. Uh, his next step after they look at him here and 
the medical and training staff sign off on him. Well, he'll go to South Bend and uh, work on, you know, getting some catching in. But I, you know, I, I just don't see it for a while. With Walter signed uh, as the backup right now, there, there's no rush for the Cubs to uh, push him forward and get him going. So uh, Romine uh, still a ways away as far as coming back to the regular roster. Bruce, thank you. Anything else we should know from Wrigley this uh, morning? You know, just uh, you know, just keep your eye on uh, on Baez. I think the, you know the electricity from him and his game getting back to where it was. Maybe, maybe that's the energy the the Chicago Cubs were missing so much last year, Matt. Especially at home, where they were they were really difficult to watch. How you know, uh, I, I I hate to use the term boring, but they they were a difficult team to watch at home last year. I think you're going to see a different energy out of the Cubs this season. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. That's our man, Bruce Levine. Have a great day over there at the ballpark. Um, Yeah, you know, baseball without fans. Blah. Baseball with even just eight or 10,000 fans. Oh, man. That is a much better product. That is a better product on television. Um, And especially these last few nights I've been watching from uh, out there in Anaheim. Those have been fun watches, compelling games. I know it sucks for White Sox fans when your team blows leads late. But how about that game Friday? That that was crazy fun and chaotic and all over the place with a seven to one lead that becomes seven to six. And then they got to put up more runs and they do with uh, some good stuff late and, and some fun-to-watch um, pitchers, Michael Kopech being as good as he was on Friday night. And at the ballpark yesterday, as I was in the stands, as a fan, with a stress removed on a beautiful day and a couple of pops, getting a couple of pops in me with the misses, enjoying the ball game. Holy hell, that was good. And that was one of those days. And one of these moments early on was like, boy, it sure feels like a lot more than 10,000 people. I'll tell you that much. It did. It did feel like a lot more than that yesterday. There's that ebb and flow of the hum, the subtle hum of the background. And it, it still is palpable, even though there's fewer. There's the, the collective waves of emotion and excitement when things get going, which you can still feel, even though it's fewer. So... It's crazy. It's going to be a long time before we feel it with 30 or 40,000 people. It's going to be a long time before I'm high-fiving strangers, but yesterday was pretty damn good. Um, Got a couple minutes here uh, open if you want to talk. I'd love to hear from you guys, Cubs fans and Sox fans. Who's looked good? Who has looked awful for you? Who are you afraid about early on? And who has looked really good for you early on? I've got a few on both sides of the ledger that we can discuss. Sometimes their names have already come up, but if they haven't, tell me. You watching your games? You watching your teams? Who are you like, oh, man, that guy looks great. Or like, oh, boy, that guy looks terrible. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You can hop in on the phone lines or you can text as well and do it that way. Cubs baseball comes your way at 1245 against the Pirates. Top of the hour, uh, Danny Rocket from the San Ranto podcast on his band, the Bleacher Bum Band, and just all other things Cubs. And later on this hour, I give you that, whew, that hot Cecil Travis information you're waiting for. He's the answer to another incredible trivia question. And that question came to me from my dad, Herb Spiegel. So I'm putting my dad on. Because Herb Spiegel is good radio. He comes on at 1140. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. It's hit and run. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One, two. He struck him out. And the White Sox win 12-8. Your mean Mercedes. He had one hit, he kept the ball. He got an RBI, he kept the ball. He might as well just pack up the entire game and keep this for himself. All conversational roads lead to your mean Mercedes. All of them. And it's understandable, really. Because the dude started out 8-4-8. Born in the Dominican Republic, uh, Mercedes has waited a long time for these moments. That's why Friday night, after his debut in the 5-for-5 game, and he was asked how he he felt, he said, I just want to cry right now. I I just want to cry. So happy is that dude. 5-for-5 to begin, then three more hits in game number two. Uh, listen to Mercedes after last night's game talking about how he just does the same thing every time, every at bat. Your mean Mercedes is at the plate just trying to do the same thing. And what is that, your mean? What's, what's been the key for you during this stretch? I mean, is there something you've keyed in on at the plate that's really made a difference? Not really. I just come into the plate every day. I'll do the same thing. You know, the same I'm at soul last night. Don't try to do too much. Uh, you'll see the ball. Um, be focused every pitches on. Don't try to do too much. That's that's what I think about every time. Don't try to do too much. Um, ordinarily, uh, at the beginning of a count, and certainly in BP, he's thrilled to try to do too much. He loves trying to do too much, does your mean Mercedes. He, d- he does a lot. <laughs> he um, Big, big leg kick, big hand load, big swing. But when... He has two strikes, and not just then, but when he has two strikes. Here's what he said about his two-strike approach. And this is um, from 2020 he talked about his approach. And this is after he had that terrific spring training last year before the shutdown. He said, when I do the shorter swing, just trying to make contact, I see the ball better. Put the ball in play. My normal leg kick, I just try to swing hard, like crush the ball. But when I have the two-strike approach, I try to make contact, put the ball in play. I have more consistency like that. Just put my leg down, the better swing. So, thinking man, making adjustments up there. Fun. Not just going up and being himself, being one version of himself and trying to smack it out of the park. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I strike out and that's that. 
We know a million guys like that in MLB. This dude is more fun. He is more fun and, and very, very interesting. 670, the score is where you are. 670-11 used to be how you text, but now you do it this way. 312-644-6767. Uh, this text, Matt, I'm totally intrigued with the jigsaw puzzle that is managing the pitching staff. 1 through 12 this season that MLB organizations will have to navigate. Guys coming off of light innings last year, opting out. It's going to be fascinating. It would seem the White Sox have an edge with the horses they have in the rotation and the fire coming out of the pen, even considering the fact that some guys are not used to 162-plus. This will be a great storyline to follow all season. Happy week one. That's from Johnny Mack. I agree with you, man. Everybody is on a jump. Everybody's on an innings jump. Everybody. So what happens here early on, because nobody threw that much last year, is that everybody's going to be limited. That's why guys go six innings and they get taken out and everybody calls it a gym. Yay! It's okay. Yeah, a good six from your starter is great. Giolito didn't get to go through six, and that's a dude who's ready to pitch. Lance Lynn didn't even get to get through five, and that is a dude who's ready to pitch. If that had blown up in LaRusse's face last night, we'd be talking a lot about it, hearing a lot about it. But it didn't. So we're not. And that's okay. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, gonna, it's super fascinating. And it's like, so how do you measure? How can you tell? What can you do to really know whether your guys are ready? You got to listen to them. You got to respond to them. And, and trust them and their knowledge about their arm, or you could be using all your biomechanics and your fancy stuff and examining with your edutronic cameras and really trying to figure out if there's anything wrong with somebody or if their release point has dropped even a tiny little bit if they're tired and, you know, decide whether to give them rest based on that or not. Tony La Russa is uh, an interesting guy to cover this year, an interesting guy for White Sox fans to wrap their heads around, and frankly can be difficult radio. When he talks a lot, and when he talks, it's not, um, it's not always super crisp and audible, good-sounding conversation. And maybe you need the visual from the Zoom to complete it and fully understand what's happening there. He just kind of, it's a little bit monotone, a little bit of vocal fry. It can be an awkward listen, frankly. And I've noticed that, and I've wondered how that registers with some White Sox fans. He was very happy after the first win, and Sean Anderson said that this made him feel better. I want, I want to listen to it. I want to talk about that with him and with you guys. Uh, here's Tony La Russa, thrilled after the first win. Uh, well, I'm thrilled. I mean, that's why they keep score. Yesterday, you know, we had to gut it up going in there and saying, hey, it got away from us and breaks and all that stuff. But uh, for the guys to come out today and, and uh, turn it loose like we did and, and them come close, they got a really good team over there. And for us to hang in there and got some of the uh, heroics out of our, our relievers, you know, it's well-deserved. And uh, it was so much in doubt that I'm only now beginning to enjoy it. 
So that's Tony La Russa genuinely enjoying the win and sounding a little more animated than he has at times during the spring. Right, Sean? Is that what you dig? Is the animation there? It's, it's the animation, and it just seems like his thoughts are clearer when he wins. Like, it's it's less, um, <laughs> uh, like, I, I, I cutting up Tony La Russa tape before that game was truly hell just because there's so many pauses. There's so many ums. It doesn't seem like it, it it's all clicking, but what we heard from people who used to play for him was that when he wins, he's a different person or that he that's all he cares about is the win. And it, it truly kind of showed on Friday night. I, I was really enthused with it. And there's another cut I want to play you where he kind of gets into that jovial and kind of the joking manner. Um, this is about uh, your mean playing on Saturday and he was joking about it. Well, the number one reason he was out there is we, we think he can help us. And then the longer he pitched, the more it was evident we were going to ride him. As, uh, and I had just said, if there was one guy got on base, I was going to get him out because that way he couldn't be the losing pitcher. And he was already, you know, but he still had good stuff. So, uh, and then Marshall came in and did a real good job. So, I mean, it was, there were a lot of great things that happened. And the greatest was the uh, designated hitter. You can see that, you can see that beautiful smile. Man. I'm looking at it right now. It's a shame that he's not playing tomorrow. You know, it's, it's, I told Tim, you tell him he's not playing tomorrow. He says, no, you better, you better play him. I says, yes, I will. Yeah, and just with that, Speaks, and I don't know if you hear it, you hear the laughing in the background, you hear him connecting with Tim Anderson, and I, I guess it's just the one thing that can bring these two together is winning, and, and it showed at least on Friday night. Well, yeah, that's, that's the goal, and that's the – that that's the magic of of sport when it happens at its best is people from different cultures, different political realms, different age levels, different experience can just bond and and connect over uh, over the attempted winning, the playing and the winning. And then you can build relationships and all that that last forever. I mean, that's obviously that's that, that can be a beautiful thing. It's whew. Man, I, I hear you. I hear you, Sean. That is a more connective, a more animated, a more on top of it uh, mentally. Tony La Russa after the win, feeling it, making a joke, making a joke about your mean Mercedes. Um, I don't, not going to play tomorrow. Hell, oh, just kidding. You know, yeah, and feeling, feeling on it. It's, it's just, it, it's bringing in a level of awkwardness that they didn't need to, and a level of questioning that they didn't need to. And we talked about it plenty in the off season. We don't need to belabor it now, but just, you know, watching on Thursday night, I think it was, there was a pregame hype video on TV before the broadcast. And it was LaRusa talking. And my wife turned to me and said, Oh, they should not let him talk. And that's the manager. He's going to talk an awful lot. It reminded me of the beginning of spring training when he gave a long interview to Bob Nightingale that everybody had to react to and answer for and talk about again. And it's like it's 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 not supposed to be bad news when your manager talks. That's it's not supposed to be something you don't want. But hopefully there'll be more moments like that, those connective moments like you're hearing um, after the win. I, I, I will tell you this. My my one criticism of, of La Russa you know, it was real interesting on Thursday night, uh, the lineup, and Ozzie Guillen didn't like it. Ozzie Guillen was making fun of it and talking about, hey, if you want to learn something, Tony, you should be listening to me, which is, whew, that'll be quite a dynamic to pay attention to over 162 games. But the one issue I've had so far with Larusa is the replay rule and the non-challenge from Thursday night. Because you got to know, you got to know every nuance of the rule. And that challenge was an absolute no-brainer. There is no reason 
to not challenge that call of Madrigal thrown out at second base. It was the final out in the seventh. You're about to lose your challenge because in the eighth, it's like the final two minutes of a football game where the umps can just do it on their own. Or if you ask, they'll do it because it's the last two innings and they'll just do it. You will, you will not get turned down. So that challenge with two outs in the seventh is a use it or lose it situation. And I don't care if it took 20 seconds or 30 seconds. I don't care if the organizational structure wasn't dialed in just yet to make sure LaRusso was getting word. You supersede it. You're the manager and Joe McEwing along with him. You're the bench coach. You guys, I know McEwing's the third base coach, but he's been around and been a bench coach for a long time. You guys know the rule. Tony, the rule wasn't there the last time you were in a dugout, but now it is. Know it. Can't have it cost you. I know it was night number one, game number one, and it cost you in what ended up being a one-run game. It can't. Not allowed to have that happen. Not allowed to have that be the case. Just, just cannot, cannot do it. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. 670 the score. And Shohei Hotani is going to pitch tonight and will probably be in the lineup as well. Man, I'm looking forward to that. Last year, Otani statistically did something that had not been done since Babe Ruth in 1919. Uh, that having to do with a threshold of innings pitched and at bats. This year, he's trying to do something which has not been done since 1920. It's Babe Ruth. So it's 100 years and Babe Ruth. And that would be 450 uh, at-bats. And I believe it is 100 innings pitched. 100 innings pitched. I believe those are the thresholds. That from Travis Sawchick over at um, The Score. Not The Score Radio, but The Score um, uh, online writing place. So anyway, Shohei Otani is trying to match Babe Ruth. And tonight you might see something happen that is very, very rare. And that is a pitcher hitting for himself as the designated hitter. Since the DH got here in 1973, pitchers who have hit for themselves in a game where they've also been the pitcher. Ken Brett did it twice in 1976. Yes, that's George Brett's brother. Pretty good pitcher with White Sox uh, roots, obviously. 1976, Ken Brett twice. A couple years ago, Andy Sonnenstein of the, of the Rays did it, but that was because of a clerical error with the lineup card. A clerical error. And the one time it's happened for real since 76 is Madison Bumgarner against the Oakland A's in an interleague matchup in 2016. That's it. That's the list. Joe Madden has said that Shohei Otani is going to get to write his own ticket in terms of his usage. It's time to fully take off the bubble wrap from Otani and give him a chance to do what he did in Japan, which is to pitch and hit on the same day, hit the day before and after if he's feeling okay. He pitches, and he is probably going to be your DH tonight when he's also your starting pitcher for the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. Now, you lose the D.H. when you lose him as a pitcher. If he only goes three, four, five innings or whatever he goes, once he's out, you've lost the D.H. and you'll have to manage it like a National League game. But obviously, Joe Madden very comfortable doing that. 
and may end up having to do that tonight and maybe often during the course of the year. It's pretty cool. When Otani was asked about well, like why he wants to do it, whether he wants to do it, his answer was very simple and kind of charmingly simple. Like you get a chance if you're a hitter to put some runs on the board, to produce some runs, and that will only decrease my anxiety and nervousness as a pitcher, make me more confident as a pitcher. So one does feed the other for Shohei Otani in his baseball mind. Absolutely love it. All right, I, I have teased I have teased your Cecil Travis information far too much. We're going to have a conversation about Cecil Travis, whose name came up in the Ermine Mercedes fallout from a Friday night. And also uh, do a segment, debut a segment, Your Father's Baseball Trivia, next with my father on 670 The Score on Hit and Run. Mercedes turns on it. Down the left field line. Did he? Yes, he did. The fun never stops with number 73. Your mean Mercedes. Bring him home. Come on. Okay, so you ask what you do for an encore? The one thing he didn't do last night was hit the ball out of the ballpark. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. It is indeed hit and run. We do baseball on Sunday mornings here on The Score. And uh, the soundtrack of my life growing up really was baseball on the TV with the sound down and classical music playing in the background. That, that was our house growing up. So fitting that we come in with a Yermeen Mercedes highlight followed by pictures at an exhibition by Mazorsky. Um, because Pops, as I welcome in Herb Spiegel to the show via the guest line uh, of Alpamani Nissan, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue. You can go to apnissan.com. You put pictures at an exhibition on your list of essential, beautiful, classical music that you gave me like five or six years ago, right? It, right. That belongs on that list for you. Right. Written originally for the piano, believe it or not. I did not know that. And then extrapolated okay. for orchestra. See, yeah. see, I'm still teaching, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. What, what, what yeah, I Ravel, love is like... Ravel made it into an orchestra piece. Mazorsky wrote it for the piano. Okay, see? Uh, it, earlier on, Dad, I had a call, a guy from Ben in Queens who's a jazz musician, and he heard that you were coming on, and he said, are you going to bring your dad on with Shostakovich again? Because he remembered last time. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So we went too deep. We went too deep on classical intros for Herb Spiegel. Um, my father, the archetypal baseball fan, the guy who made me a baseball fan, uh, joins the show here on a Sunday morning. Because, Dad, I thought of you, your mean Mercedes of the White Sox. He started out eight for eight this year. Unbelievable. Never been done. Right. But, but five for five in his first start. Five for five in his first start. And he's the first guy to have five hits in his first career start since Cecil Travis of the 1933 Washington Senators. And right. I immediately thought of you. Why did I think of you, Pops? Tell the <laughs> listeners why I thought of you. Well, because uh, uh, one of the great trivia questions was that in 1941, Ted Williams became the uh, hit 406. That he's actually been the last major leaguer ever hit 400, 
but it, it was the same year uh, that Joe DiMaggio hit in 56 consecutive games, another record that has never been touched. And the big trivia question, who came in third in hitting in that league? And the answer was, as you just stated, Cecil Travis. Now, I thought that, yes, I, I thought he finished second. Isn't, isn't that the thing? Um, that no, he, finished- he is. Uh, Cecil came in with uh, three, hit 358 in 1941. Okay. And hit 350. That's a pretty good year for Cecil Travis. Yeah, that's a pretty good year. But, you know, he ended up, he was drafted. It was during the war years. And he drafted, he lost three or four, maybe four years uh, in the service. And when he came back, he was wounded in the Battle of the Bulge. And when he came back, he was never the same ball player. Yeah, it, and, and that's the thing. He never, um, he never was the same guy after the war. And here it is, Pops. Yes, no, he finished second. So Ted Williams hit 406. DiMaggio hit 357. And one guy finished in between him. And oh, that's, that, he had 358. Okay, yep. you got me. Yeah, well, no, but, but you're the one who taught it to me. But that's why I love that. So Cecil Travis comes up in regards to your mean Mercedes, and all I can do is smile and think, I right. know about Cecil <laughs> Travis. I the know. guy was, uh, you know, I, I, I looked up also uh, the fact that there are only two shortstops uh, in the history of baseball, who had a higher lifetime batting average uh, than Cecil Travis? Wow. How's that one? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. His who were they? Do you know the two are? Average three fourteen, and Archie wow. Vaughn and, and Honus Wagner are the only two shortstops uh, that have a lifetime average higher than that. See, the Archie Vaughn mention, it, that's why I live. That's why I'm in the business uh, right there, uh, Papa Speaks. I mean, just I, the, I know these names. I only know these names because of you and then because of the books uh, that followed. So that's awesome. So Cecil Travis, pretty damn good career, never the same after the war. But there it right. is, Cecil Travis, between Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio in batting average in 1941. That is, that is pretty That's awesome. pretty amazing, right? Yeah. That's uh, uh, that is pretty amazing. Are you enjoying the return of baseball? Have you been watching games and such? No, but I am enjoying the return. Uh, as as you know, I don't know if your fans know, but uh, I'm uh, uh, been a Red Sox fan since since 1941, actually, and that's mm-hmm. probably no coincidence that it was the year that Williams was so good, and uh, they just don't. I don't know that that uh, that uh, Mookie. Uh, uh, Beth's trade uh, and um, m- yeah. and many more of, uh, uh, has really soured me a little bit. But yes, I must tell you, I read the box score every single day and <laughs> probably don't go to sleep at night until I know if they won or lost. But I say to everybody, it doesn't interest me anymore, but I'm not telling the truth. Oh, uh, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You tell people it doesn't interest you, and then you look at the box score because you can't help yourself. Okay. Right, what do you want to know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nady Evaldi pitched well on opening day, but they couldn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> See? Oh, well, this God. Is, this is quite a record this guy has, though. It's, uh, wow. He, he said it all, right? He's got, what, he got eight straight hits? 
eight straight hits to uh, to to start out the the season. Nobody's done that. Nobody's ever done that. So he's he's now right. surpassed Cecil Travis. Um, all right. Well, so so you sent me, you sent me uh, for my fiftieth birthday, the answers to fifty trivia questions from our life together. I I don't think I gave this enough love personally between you and I when you did this. Um, so these are the answers to 50 trivia questions that you've given me over the course right. of the years. Not the questions themselves. You gave no, me the answer. the answer. Yeah. So I'm looking at it, and I'm going to – I think this will be a thing, that every once in a while I'll, I'll throw you on the radio show. We'll talk a little okay. baseball. Right. And I And I will try to come up with the questions for the answers you've given me. Okay? Okay. Right. All right. All right. So the first answer I have here is Carol Hardy. Uh, that right. one I know. Uh, Carol Hardy is the only guy ever to pinch hit for Ted Williams, correct? Right. right. Okay. All right. Uh, no one never... said these questions were hard, Matt. <laughs> I, I, because I, these, these are the fifty. These are the ones you've answered over the years. Yeah. Or I snuck in a couple. I think. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You, you did. So these are the baseball ones. Number two, Hal Newhouser. And now Hal Newhouser. Um, pitched against the Cubs the last time they were in the World Series before 2016, uh, by the way. So that name came up in 2016. But I know it because he's the only pitcher to win back-to-back MVPs. Right? Uh, we have a winner. Okay. All right. All right. This is good. This is the important stuff that you've put in my head here. Number three is Al Downing. Al Downing is the pitcher who gave up Hank Aaron 715. And, and he's a local guy here. He's from Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton, yeah, New Trenton, New Jersey, right. Yes, there we go. All right, this is a great one um, because people in this town, right. uh, it, it, if you know, they should know this name, Harry Steinfeld. Harry right. Steinfeld is the answer. The question is what, Pops? Tell them. Who was the third baseman for the uh, infield of Tinkers to Evers to Chance? Everybody knows Tinkers to Evers to Chance. They and the double play combination. And nobody knows Harry Steinfeld. I yeah. think I, I once had a trivia book as a kid that you probably bought me called Who I, Was Harry Steinfeld? That was, was the Harry name Steinfeld. Right. Yes, absolutely. All right, number five here is Vita Blue. Had Vita Blue on the show last year. And Sean, remember we threw this trivia question at him. He's the last, he's the last switch hitter to win American League MVP is Vita Blue. Uh, and he was a pitcher. Yes, yes. So it's a little bit of a trick That's question, but rare. not really. Yeah, yeah, pretty damn rare. Um, all right, Wally Pip. Come on, everybody knows Wally Pip. I know that one because Wally Pip is, uh, he, he, he was the first baseman that Lou Gehrig replaced, right? Right. Okay. Then help me with Ron Washington, the longtime manager, interesting character, Ron Washington. What, what, is, what is that one? That one he I don't the- know. He was the first de- designated pinch runner. So he was a he was a designated runner, or was that yes, Herb that's Washington? All that's all they signed him for to be a runner uh, if somebody got on base. I think that's Herb Washington. I think we mixed up oh, our Washingtons. Okay. Let's yes. find out. We'll look, we'll work on that one. Yeah. No, I I I think uh, Herb Washington is, is what it is. So that that's What's why I Herb was confused. Uh huh. All right. I'll have to look that one up. Okay. Um, yep, we got Herb Washington. Uh, number eight, Tom Zachary. Tom Zachary. He gave up 
Uh, Roger Maris, 61. Is that right? No. Damn it. Um, he gave up Ruth, 60. Yes. <laughs> well, you're a good student. Okay. I think uh, you want to get a job in sports radio. <laughs> I'll give you the bonus. Roger Maris, 61. Is that Tracy Stallard? I think uh, so. I, yes. Yes. Right? Tracy Stallard? Right. See, this is what yes. you've done to my brain. I don't remember... I don't remember lots of things. But, yeah, Stallard gave up Maris 61. Just Googled that to be safe. Um, okay, and then Hank Majeski. I don't know Hank Majeski. That, that's a complete unknown for me. That's number nine on your trivia answers. Well, uh, number, you see number 14? Uh, Hank Majeski. Who's 14? Uh, who's 14? Oh, on the answers, who's 14? Is juiced to suitor to fame or Yost. They hold the record for the most double plays okay. by a major league team. They were got with it. the Philadelphia Athletics, and of course they had very bad pitching. So somebody always got on. It was little, they always had a person on first, the opponents. So they 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 set the record for the most double plays. And Hank Majeski was. The third baseman. <laughs> you, you love that. You love the but third baseman. They have songs. Their songs, Juice the Suitor to Fane, poetry, or so forth. Oh, wow. All right. See, there you go. Um, number 10, Willie Mays is the answer here. That could be a million different questions, but I'll go with exactly. this one. The, the best ball player you ever saw. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, but and, I won 11, 12, and 13 of the hard ones. Uh, yeah, well, we'll have to save those for another appearance. Um, but but tell me about what is Willie Mays the answer to uh, of the of the trivia? Willie Mays. <laughs> there are a couple Willie uh, Willie Mays uh, questions, but the answer is who was in the batter's box when Bobby Thompson hit the home run that was known as the shot around the world mm-hmm. off of Ralph Breika. Willie Mays was the next person up. He was in the on-deck circle. He was on the deck circle. That is tremendous. I I love that. Dusty Baker was on deck, Pops, for uh, Hank Aaron's 715. So there you are. You know? There you are. So, yes, we have the common thread. All right, that's good stuff. But I want Uh, number 13. That's before you go. Finland? Finland? It it can't possibly have anything to do with baseball. Or does it? No. No. Okay. Finland. Oh, I know Finland. Finland is who the U.S. beat in the uh, to win the gold medal in 1980, and you and Mom were oh, there. Well, you just won my gold medal. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pops, you're the best. Uh, love you. Love to Joni. Have love a great you, day. and I love being on your show, and good luck. All right, thank you so much. That's my Pops. That's Herb Spiegel. He's the best. Um, yeah, Finland, no baseball connection to Finland. I'll have to look through some of these. I love it. The texture says, there it is, Speaks. 50 answers. The title to your memoir about a lifetime of sports, love, sports, talk, and baseball. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. It is 670. The score, it is hit and run. We've got bonus hit and run today, leading you up to Cubs pregame at about 1245. When we come back, Cubs and music conversation. With San Ranto himself. We'll do that next on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.